It began with a vision and a dream that a vibrant and relevant church be planted in Germantown, Wisconsin. A group of 33 people gave tirelessly to what God was trying to do in Germantown. They believed in something much bigger than themselves. I see a church reaching thousands of people. Many said that a church like this wouldn't work. It's an outward expression of an inward change. with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead you will be saved.
incredible, isn't it? To be a part of, of that and what God's doing. And uh, I, I want to uh, just take a minute before I get into my message very quickly is to uh, thank all of the audio and video and the staff that have put this on. Can you give them a big hand and just say thank you? They were here working many, many, many hours yesterday to make this happen. And so I just want to say thanks for, for that. I also want to say thanks to uh, our uh, leadership of the board, uh, the past and present board members, would you stand and would you give them a, a, a thank you as well? Would you stand, you and your spouses, all the past and present board members? Thank you. Thank you for your leadership. And today is an incredible day because we celebrate 10 years. And not just 10 years of existence, but 10 years of seeing God do some things that truly are amazing. You know, how we got to this point is exactly what I want to talk to you about just for the next few minutes. And it's a principle called the power of seed. And, and it works just like this. 10 years ago, a little over 10 years ago, God spoke to Dr. Arnett's heart about a life-giving church in Germantown. Not that there weren't great churches in Germantown, but that God wanted to do something. And you're, the, you're the, the evidence of that, of, of seeing what God wanted to do. And so he followed through with that, just like you heard him say a few minutes ago. And he began to speak about this and talk about this. And, 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 and out of that, 10 years ago, 35 people made a decision that they would leave a very comfortable, large church in Milwaukee and attend and make a new church in Germantown their home church. And didn't you say $25,000? So, you know, they, they were, you can imagine, they were heavily bankrolled, right? I mean, you're, you're, this is a faith deal, correct? And so, I mean, that's what it is when you go to do this. There wasn't some, some big building that was built. There wasn't some big endowment that was given. It was, it was truly a walk of faith. And the generosity, though, that's very generous to do that. And then at the same time for them to say, okay, I believe that God wants to do something here. And that God wants me to be a part of it. And, and there are 11 of those people that started with the church 10 years ago that are presently actively attending the church today. And, and I want to recognize these people and uh, these, these original lion chasers, and I'm going to ask them to stand. If you just hold your applause to the end, I want to recognize them today. Paul Bertoni, 
Uh, he's in the band, so he's in the back. Where are you at, Paul? Right back there. The drummer. Paul thinks he's too cool to sit up front. Barb Booth. Uh, John, Denise, and Mariana Enfield. Gary and Maxine Pribinich. And Kurt and Rhonda and Lindsey Weber. First of all, before, will you guys turn around? Ten years ago, did you think you pushed the fast forward button ten years and this is what would be the evidence of that? Would you show your appreciation to these people who... You guys can be seated. I was talking, we had a, a brief a breakfast this morning. Got to eat, right? It's one of the spiritual gifts at Life Church. That's why you have a fat pastor. That's a good thing. Amen. And uh, we were sitting there in the cafeteria, and uh, cars just kept coming in. And John told me, he said, John Enfield said, you know, Pastor, the first day, I remember we would sit at these windows, and we would look and just praying and believing that God would, would fill the parking lots. And today, he did. Took 10 years, but he did. You know, God's seldom early. He's never late, and he's always right on time. Amen? And then from that, the next two years weren't probably the, the easiest. <laughs> because when you plant something, it doesn't always just spring forward. It doesn't always just come up. Matter of fact, I think the next two years were probably the most challenging, difficult days ahead for the church. But I love when you read in Scripture, when the enemy comes in like a flood, the Bible says, but God. I always love the but God moments. But God shows up. You know, you've got the, the, the nation of, of, of Egypt on your back and Pharaoh on your heels. But God shows up and he parts the Red Sea and you walk through on dry ground. Those moments where the walls of Jericho are tightly shut up and no one goes in and no one goes out. But God brings the walls and they come tumbling down. Th those moments. And out of that... There was a faithful God and some faithful people that leaned on the everlasting arm of Jesus and walked in faith and lived that out. And they were persuaded that nothing would keep them from running the race or finishing the course. And I met these hundred line chasers two years into their journey. Because understand, I'm just the guy that found the parade to walk in front of. I'm not the originator. I, I was here two years in. I've been here almost eight years. But I found this band of line chasers. I'll never forget meeting at Gary Maxine Pribinich's house. Tammy and I were moving from Tulsa, Oklahoma. And going, I have never been to Wisconsin. The only time I've ever been to Wisconsin was I was at a youth pastor's conference in Rockford. And we drove to Beloit so we could stand in front of the Wisconsin sign and have our picture taken. <laughs> and it was April. And snow was coming down. And from a kid from the south, I'm a sun and sand kind of guy, right? I was like, oh, my goodness, how do people live here? It is so cold. Doesn't God have a sense of humor? And fast forward, and just a few years later, and God brought us here. And I remember telling Tammy, these people have it. God is going to do something great in this church. He's simply just allowing Tammy, you and I, to have a part of that. And so I want to ask, 
you, you know who you are because I've preserved you a place. I, I want to ask for those of you, the hundred people that were here when I got here. Dan, I see you here. You were the first guy to take me to lunch at Culver's, you and Tim. And from ever from then, we have been brothers from another mother. There is a bond that cannot be broken. But would you stand? Those of you, the hundred people, there is a please stand right now. And would you give a warm welcome and a thank you to these people? Keep standing for a second. I want to talk to you guys with the, in front of all these people. You. Paul says, great is your reward. There's coming a day. This is but a glimpse. But you stood firm. And you were perplexed and despaired on every side, but you didn't give in. You asked a lot of whys and you had a lot of questions, but you continued to trust. And you walked it out when it wasn't easy. And I want to thank you. And I want you to know that I want to thank you for the opportunity to let me come and serve you and serve this community. You believed in a 29-year-old, unexperienced, redneck from the south, never used a snowblower or saw more than three inches of snow in my life to come here and to lead you. And you stayed, which is amazing to me. The only person that believes that is my mother. But you stay. <laughs> and, and I just want to say thank you. Thank you. God bless you. You can be seated. So today, here we sit, 1,200 people. Kids, there are so many children. They're like herding cats in the back. They're all right. I just stepped back there to look. They're everywhere. You people truly practice, be fruitful and multiply, amen? It's a good thing. And we're here today. And I just would like to know, how many of you, just raise your hand and say, you know, man, I was far away from God. Maybe you grew up in church and you fell away from things. Maybe you had no relationship with God whatsoever. I don't know. I'm not your judge. But through Life Church, through the ministry of this church and it being this community, you, um, you uh, gave your life to Christ. You're one of those 2,000 plus people. Would you just lift up your hand? Just all over the room. Just look at that. That's awesome. That's awesome. That's what it's all about. And, and, and this is all an example. I say all of that because this is an example of, of the power that's in seed. See, the Bible says in Galatians chapter 8, verse 22... As long as the earth endures, this is what God says. Seed, time, and harvest. Cold and heat, summer and winter, day and night shall never cease. For as long as this earth shall endure, there will be seed, time, and harvest. If you go just north of this city and you find 40 acres of great, rich, fertile Wisconsin soil and you sow corn and you plant it in the ground and you sow the seed and you give it time with water and sunlight, then you're going to, it'll be knee-high by the 4th of July, and then you're going to have some of that great Wisconsin sweet corn. It, it's, it's not a, a farmer that plants it doesn't go, well, maybe it might come up, may, maybe it might work, may, maybe, no, 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 no. There is confidence, there is faith, believing 
that I'm going to put these kernels of corn in the ground and they're going to produce hundreds of kernels of corn on each stock through several ears on each stock. Every single time it works. Why? Because it's a principle. For as long as the earth shall endure, God says, just like the laws of physics, just like the laws of anything else in this world that God puts into motion, this truth is true. And so you sow it and you'll reap it. It's the same thing works with tomatoes, the same things that work with okra. And if I keep talking, I'm really going to get hungry because I haven't eaten much this morning. It's true, it works in every area of your life. For as long as this earth shall endure, seed, time, and harvest. And the principles and also in, the, in God's word, God reiterates it in Galatians chapter 6. Verse 7, 8, and 9, the Bible says, Don't be deceived, for God is not mocked. For a man will reap what he sows. For the one who sows to the sinful nature, from that nature will he reap destruction. You sow sin, you're going to reap destruction. To the one who sows to please the Spirit, from the Spirit will he reap eternal life. You, 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 you sow to the Spirit, you'll reap eternal life. So let us not become weary in doing good, for at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. Seed, time, and harvest. The power is always in the seed. And see, the power that's in the seed has the ability to change your life. It has the ability to change your destiny. It has the ability to change your future. All the power of what you need, you can sow today. It's in the power in the seed. And what you sow today, you'll reap tomorrow. And what you're reaping today is a benefit of what you sowed yesterday. That's the reason why sometimes you can see people that are living in blessing but they're maybe doing something that's wrong today, and you go, well, how is that? Because they haven't, they it's still got to have some time, because what you sow today, you'll reap tomorrow. You're not going to be able to sow today and reap today. This isn't microwave. It's a crockpot thing, right? This is a deal where you put it in the ground, and you give it time, and it will reap a harvest. But God is not mocked. Psalmist David says that God is not a man that he would lie. And so when you sow, to the Spirit, you'll reap from the Spirit. When you sow the things of God, you'll reap the things of God. When, 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 when God speaks to a person about, about starting the church like he did with Dr. Arnett, and, and he's faithful with that, and 35 people say, we will be the seed from this church that will go and be planted into this great community of Germantown, you give it time, you'll see a harvest. It happens every single time. The only time that doesn't happen is if something isn't healthy. Power of seed. Power is in the seed. But the question doesn't lie with the seed. The question always lies with the harvest. Because you know you're going to have a harvest. What are you going to do with the harvest? I know that's what you got up this morning asking. Well, there's always two responses to the harvest. When you have a harvest, when, 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 when you've been blessed, when, when all of a sudden the things, the, the delayed gratification, the sacrifices today for tomorrow begin to, begin to come to fruition and begin to, and begin to make a harvest in your life, you have one of two choices. This, is, this isn't... This is biblical, but this is just true in every, in every aspect of life. You either respond with fear, and you go, whoa, I've I, I, I got to watch this because I've I got to hoard it up. I've got to save it up. I can't have any risk. Now, I, I've got too much now to say grace over, and this isn't like it was years ago. And, and, and you know, in, in Life Church at 35, man, if it didn't make it, it only affects 35 people. But today, the decisions can affect 1,200 people. And, and it's not just about this. It's about that. And... Or you respond with faith and generosity. And, and you have a mindset that I'm going to give. I'm going to invest. I'm going to risk. Anytime you have a harvest, what are you going to do with it? Are you going to devour the crops? Are you going to put part of it aside to, to sow for the next season? Or are you just going to hoard it up in grain bins just because tomorrow you might die? 
Well, the Bible gives us examples of this. And the first example that we see is this example of fear and of greed. It's a parable that Jesus told in Luke chapter 12, verse 16 through 21. I'm going to read it for you this morning. And he told them this parable, the ground of a certain rich man produced a good crop. And he thought to himself, what shall I do? I have no place to store all of these crops. Then he said, this is what I'll do. I'll tear down my barns and I'll build bigger ones. And there I will store all of my grains and my goods. And I'll say to myself, you have plenty of good things laid up for many years. So take it easy, eat, drink, and be merry. Look at verse 20. But God said, you fool. This very night, your life will be demanded from you. Then who will get what you prepared for yourself? And this is how it will be with anyone. You know what that word anyone means in the original language, in the original Greek? Anyone. I know it's deep, isn't it? Everybody. Whoever stores up things for himself, but is not rich towards the things of God. Why? Because God does. God is our source. God puts the super onto our natural. God blesses the seed that we sow in our life. And the same is true of this church. The same is true of your life. The same is true of your finances. The same is true of your business. This principle works. But if you respond in fear, like, oh, I've got this, and, and I've got to keep this, and I've got to do this, and then what you have is going to be demanded of you. But God, throughout his scripture, gives many, many illustrations of how to respond in faith or in generosity. And I just want to pull one out. In Genesis chapter 26, it's about Isaac. See, Isaac was the fulfillment of God's promise. Isaac was blessed and, and was wealthy because of Abraham. Remember Father Abraham? Father Abraham had many sons. Remember that one? And, and it's a kid's song, so some of you got it and some of you didn't. It's okay. You can laugh today. Just courtesy laughs. The, the more that you laugh, the faster I'm going to get done. See, there, that's all the people want to be done right here on the front row. I love you too. All right. So the deal is, is that he, he's blessed because God told Abraham, I'm going to bless you, and I'm going to make your descendants as numerous as the stars of the sky and the sand of the seashores. And so that fruition came through Isaac. And Isaac is wealthy, and he's wealthy in two things, agriculture and livestock. And Isaac faces famine, which in his business meant disaster. And he could have responded in fear, or he can respond in faith. He can respond in greed, or he can respond in generosity. He can respond in no risk, or he can respond in risk. Look how he responds. Verse 1, now there was a famine in the land. Again, this threatens his very existence and his wealth. Besides the earlier famine of, of Abraham's time, and Isaac went to Abimelech, the king of the Philistines in Gerar, and the Lord appeared to Isaac and said this, don't go down to Egypt. And you have to understand, everybody was leaving the land of Gerar. Everybody was leaving the promised land. They were going to Egypt because the word was on the street. You could get a job in Egypt. The economy had crashed in the, in the valley of Gerar, but in Egypt there was work. You were going to lose your house, foreclose, all that stuff was going to happen here, but there everything was going to happen. But God says, don't leave. Don't leave the famine. Don't leave the land of destruction. Don't leave, don't leave the bad economy. He tells him, don't go down to Egypt. I want you to live in the land where I told you to live. And stay in this land for a while. Put some roots down. Take some time. And I will be with you, and I will bless you. For to you and your descendants, I will give these lands and will confirm the oath that I swore to your father Abraham, that I will, I will make the descendants as numerous as the, sand of, as the stars of the sky and give them all the lands and through your offspring all the nations on the earth will be blessed because Abraham obeyed me and kept my commands, my commands and my decrees and my laws. 
So Isaac stayed in Gerar. Why? Because God told him to. Because Isaac had a choice. Am I going to respond in fear or am I going to respond in faith? Am I going to respond in greed or am I going to respond in generosity? I don't have 35 people. There's 1,200 people. This isn't just a small storefront church that we're hoping that Mr. Farrell doesn't sell it out to a Rocky Rococo's and just move us out. We now, we, right? We own the building. We own the property. We own this. And there's, there's something to say grace over. So Isaac stays. And the result of him sowing the seed, even in bad circumstances, because God was in it. Look at it, verse 12, 13, and 14. Isaac planted the crops in the land. Remember, seed time and harvest, as long as the earth shall endure. And the same year, he reaped a hundredfold in the middle of a famine, because the Lord blessed him. And the man became rich, and his wealth continued to grow until he became very wealthy. That word very wealthy means fat nasty in the original language. Loaded. He got a Lexus chariot. You get what I'm saying? Mm, don't shout me down when I'm preaching good. And he had so many flocks and herds and servants that the Philistines envied him. Why? Because the power is always in the seed. The power is always in the seed. It will always produce. Genesis 8.22 For as long as the earth shall endure, there will be seed, time, and harvest. This will not cease. And today, as a church, we stand here, and God has blessed us. We're no longer 35 people in the cafeteria. We're a vibrant church that's growing, and God's doing great things. We own prime property at a prime price. Thank you, Mr. Farrell. At a prime location in the heart of this city. We've been given favor with these wonderful community leaders. Why? Because of the Lord. Not because of me. Listen, I'm t- I really mean this when I say this with all humility. That God was going to do something great in this community. He just happened by his sovereign will and choice to choose to give Tammy and I an opportunity to be a part of it. And today, with all these blessings, we can respond in fear or in faith. We can respond in greed or generosity. Generosity. We can respond in risk or be risk-free. But we as God's people are going to be like Isaac. And we're going to respond with God's blessing in faith and generosity. Because I believe the best is yet to come. I believe we've only scratched the surface. And that's what brings you to the big announcement today. The announcement that I told you about last week that I wanted to tell you. I believe what God is doing in Life Church and what God's doing in the community of Germantown, He wants to do throughout the metropolitan area of Milwaukee. I believe that we've only scratched the surface these first 10 years. We've, we haven't even really been able to see really what God wants to do. I believe that we serve a God who wants to do exceedingly and abundantly above all we can think of ask. And, and, and I believe that our response to the harvest has to be in faith and in generosity. Because we're called to serve. We're called to serve this community. We're called to serve this city. We're called to serve this, this area. And so today, I want to make an announcement to you that on this 10-year anniversary of this church, we are not going to respond of, oh, well, we're now a church of 1,000 plus. Oh, well, we're now a church that, 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 you know, there's millions of dollars going to missions. Oh, we're now in comfortable and everybody, you know, we've got staff and, and you know, I mean, I, I, folks, I remember for the first 15 months, I didn't have a modem on my computer, which meant I couldn't get online, right? I remember just little things. I mean, I was so thankful. The first purchase that we made was 
a video projector. I don't know how many TV video screens we have in the facility. Somebody joked about the other day, what are you going to do, buy another TV screen? I don't know, maybe. And, um, and so, you know, I mean, you just kind of look and you just see all the blessings of God. I, I believe God's blessed us for a time. I believe God's brought us here for a purpose. And so today I want to give you an announcement. We're going to do it by video. Turn your attention to the screen and then I'll come back and wrap this up. Life Church have an exciting announcement to make to you today. On our 10-year anniversary of Life Church Germantown, we are going to go to the western suburbs and plant a new Life Church campus. That's right, Life Church is not just going to be in Germantown, but it's going to be in the village of Pewaukee in the western suburbs of Milwaukee. Don't have all the details, just have a green light from God. We're planting seed today, and who knows, 10 years from now, what that church will look like.